Early Breakfast, 7.02, this morning. So we're talking about a new normal this morning with Ulusanda Rapulu, Head of Employment and Benefits at, at Bowman's, uh, especially the necessary provisions that may need to be inserted before we get excited about remote working to ensure a successful and well-oiled transition into the new normal. Lusanda, thank you for joining us this morning and welcome. How are you, sis? I'm good. Thank you for having me. So there, there, there are a lot of assumptions. I think that the, the, I think the most entertaining anecdote I've heard is that uh, COVID has done more for uh, technological advancement in, com- in companies than most uh, uh, chief technical officers. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. And even the people who are most skeptical about having their employees work from home have now been, you know, given no choice. And so here we are, thanks to COVID. Mm. Uh, and with an estimated 1 million South Africans uh, returning back to work, what are some of the considerations um, employers should, uh, should, 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 take, uh, should employers take when uh, they are considering having remote staff or having a mixed uh, sort of uh, plan with regards to who works remotely and who works in their office? Um, one of the important things, um, obviously, from purely on the regulations, uh, it's the people with the comorbidities and the people who are over 60s. So just mm-hmm. from that perspective in the regulations, those people, obviously, to the extent that they should work from home, uh, they should work from home. And other I, than that group, go yes, ahead. Yes, please go ahead. Um, other than that group, organizations still should consider, and the president has also said this, and it's also in the regulations, that work from home is still preferred uh, and work Mm. from home is still promoted. So to the extent in the wider workforce that people can work from home, they should be able to work from home. Obviously, it's not the same in every organization, in every sector, but to the extent that it's possible, it's encouraged. How do you inform your decision and, and approach when you are discussing comorbidity? These are new terms for a lot of us. So in terms of the regulations, employees are required to disclose, um, and that's part of the plan that employers put Ah. in place as we're looking at a return to work. So you need to ask your employee group, and people need to disclose. Once people disclose, you can then look at their particular circumstances and what can be done, and there are various things that can be done. It's not necessary that they have to work from home to the extent that it's not possible. So even when they are in the workplace, you do also need to accommodate those with comorbidities and those who are over 60 with special measures. So the regulations talk about special measures Mm -hmm. for that group. And in terms of the health and safety laws, um, with regards to the permanency of um, of remote work, uh, how can how can owners, business managers, uh, make sure that they do not incur any sort of uh, legal implications, negative legal implications? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the health and safety is important. You know, it's, it's clearly important for those returning to the workplace. Um, but it's also important for those working from home. Mm. Um, and the Occupational Health and Safety Act and also even the Basic Conditions of Employment Act, they place a legal obligation on employers to provide and maintain as far as reasonable p- possible uh, a, a safe workplace. And to the extent that employees are now working from home for the foreseeable future, mm. the home office or wherever you're working at home you know, becomes an extension of the workplace. Um, and so that compliance with the safe working environment, et cetera, then extends to the home. And it becomes important for employers to be 
telling their employees to make sure that wherever they're working at home, um, it's safe, there aren't any harmful substances, um, etc. So the best way for employers to do this is to put together policies, forms, indemnities, um, to make sure that the communication is given to employees, but also to put some sort of positive obligation um, on the employees working at home to make sure that that home environment is actually safe. Otherwise, employers um, face exposure in terms of the Occupational Health and Safety Act. Mm. And um, in terms of people looking at a mixed uh, model, the who, the what, the where, the when, the why, every single day someone is going to have to do that. There's going to have to be those sanitizers, etc. So if you are looking at a mixed uh, model, uh, considerations should you take? For example, the personnel, should they be training? Should they stock up more? And how often do you stock up on these things? So definitely there should be that training. There should be that stocking up on the hand sanitizers. Um, on the masks, as you know, the regulations say that each employee should be given at least two masks. So to the extent that people are coming into that office, uh, that should be provided. Um, in terms of the screening as people come into the office, um, looking at when people come in, when people leave to make sure there isn't mm, congestion mm. at the entry and exit times. Um, but how to consider it? There are various things, you know, obviously different obligations uh, for different industries um, in terms of what you're looking at. You know, mining has its own over mm. and above obligations. But just in the ordinary sense, outside of that, you would look at different teams, um, your own requirements in terms of what's required by team, what's required in terms of servicing your clients, what's required in terms of physical meetings that may be required at the workplace as opposed to things that can be done from home. So it's very much a practical exercise to say, for this team, this is what they need. Uh, this and this matter mm. that they're working on requires people to be physically in the office, but actually most of the matters require them to be at home so you know they can work from home. It's only these that require them to be in the office. Um, it's different. You know, us attorneys, mm-hmm. the matters that require us to be in court, so this, that needs to be considered as well. Would you, would you uh, suggest or advise any legal um, consultation for businesses before uh, there can be a checklist? And uh, you mentioned a lot of the previous uh, health and safety regulations were, post, were pre-COVID. Now things are a different world completely. Uh, can you give us a, a clearer picture of what uh, the new normal looks like? Yeah, I mean, what's been said in the regulations about going back to work, there are certain things um, that are required in terms of those regulations, you know, in the COVID world, you know, about um, a a plan, about returning back to work and the certain stringent, you know, exercises that employers are required to do before people come back. Uh, So that is, you know, in the COVID world uh, to make sure that when people are coming back to work, those things are done. Um, one of the things that's important for people who are working from home um, is to have some sort of indemnity from the employer uh, to make sure that it's covering itself for those people who are working from home. Um, and for those people who are working in the office is to make sure that they've got the things that are required to be given. The social distancing measures are there. The people with comorbidities and over 60s are given their special measures. Uh, the places that could be congested, such as canteens, bathrooms, uh, et cetera, the measures are put in place. Uh, so that's all in the COVID space uh, that the regulations are uh, catering for and saying this must be done in the workplace. Hmm. And then uh, I've also just seen that a lot of uh, 
people have or organizations have seen opportunities to cut down on uh, their staff. What would your advice be to business owners just from a, would it be a financial, social responsibility? When you talk about company cultures, there's a difference really be, between a company that has values and a company that just has legislation and compliance. True, true. Um, we're in a space where I think most companies do have financial considerations that are at play here. But you're right. You know, increasingly we're seeing how important social responsibility is uh, for companies um, in the community and taking that into consideration when deciding what to do. Is it time mm. to retrench or is it time to actually just cut salaries for a limited period? Um, and review at a later point, yeah. can the company actually absorb the situation and continue to pay the employees 100%? Uh, these are different considerations for different companies. And yes, our values as companies become at the forefront now. It's easy to put placards and put things on the internet mm, saying mm. everybody everybody matters, all our people are important. People first. But it's, a, it's, it's at times like these when those values are tested. So True. yes. Uh, the values are increasingly important now, and employees are watching whether, you know, in tough times, is the employer living yeah. the values themselves that they expect employees uh, to live. And if you look just after the financial aspect of things, people are really driven. It's it's often said that um, people stay in organization because of the people. We spend most of our time with people we work with more than we spend with our family. So now imagine this new adopted family that you have and someone just uh, is so mistreated or perhaps falls ill and it seems like they're neglected. You wouldn't like your brother or your sister uh, to be treated in that manner. What are the effects of a company that doesn't look after their staff? And, you know, if if you feel that your company doesn't value you, how can that affect productivity? How does that affect the trust relationship between the employer-employee contract, the softer issues? Yeah, I mean, those softer issues are impacted, especially, you know, if companies take an approach where, they're not considering their employees um, in what they're doing here and just looking at the company only. Um, so, you know, things like employee commitment, loyalty, mm. you know, future, future turnover, even those people that you keep, uh, that you consider, you know, crucial, uh, they themselves may be less loyal once they see how you are behaving in these times. Yeah. Obviously, that must be balanced against real operational needs that an employer may have and, and real financial constraints uh, that an employer may have. Uh, and, and, you know, we do understand that there are those real things. Um, but I guess it's a lot about how it's done, um, the messaging and, you know, what's actually done in terms of not taking advantage of the situation, um, considering various things, as you said, you know, the, the social impact, uh, the, the values of the organization, mm. all, these, all these things continue to be important. Uh, they, they didn't fall away. They continue to be important. Thank you so much. Lusanda Rapulu, Head of Employment and Benefits at Bowman's. Please do be safe, Lusanda, and thank you for your time this morning. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye.